If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you to find the book of Colossians. Colossians, and we're going to be in chapter number two. But happy 2024. Doesn't that sound crazy? That sound nuts to anybody else? Like, what is happening around here? Uh, I was watching Back to the Future a while back. And do you know they traveled to the year 2015 in that movie? Like, they traveled to 2015. That was the future. And we're, we're like way in the future. And so I, I'm just trying to figure out what to do with all of that. But as a pastor, I love the new year. I love, it's, it's like the start of something new. There's just something about it starting over. Last year is gone. It's in the past. We celebrate the things of, that, that, are, that are done and that are gone and that are 2023. We will celebrate that stuff. And some of the next couple months as we do, as we do business meetings and we do some, some announcement stuff, we're going we're gonna to celebrate what God has done in 2023. But like, it's gone. It's done. And we now are face-to-face with a new year, new beginnings, new stuff. And many of us set, set goals and uh, all that type of stuff. Raise your hand if you're a, a New Year's goal setter and you've got goals. There's five of us. And the rest of us are like, well, you're going to fail at them anyway. And we're just going <laughs> to make you feel all good about that. Uh, statistically, you have almost zero chance of meeting your goals, okay? No, that's a horrible thing to say. And uh, some of, all right, moving on. Let's get somewhere else. Uh, but I, I really do like the beginning of the year because there's just this optimism. There's this excitement. A lot of people are thinking about change. A lot of people are thinking about what they want to do different and what they want their life to be and, and all of that. And Uh, today represents that. I also love this time of year because as a church, it gives us the opportunity to really share vision and to share uh, about some things that are coming in the future. And often the sermon series at this moment has to do with, with what God has been showing me over the past few months and where God is kind of leading our church. And uh, and so I don't know why you're here. I don't know if this is your first time. I don't know if uh, you're coming with somebody or today, or maybe you're visiting, or maybe you're just questioning all of this and you're just here, whatever it is. Like today is just a great day to be here. And it's a great day for us to gather together. Today we're starting a brand new message series uh, that's going to be at least four weeks long. We'll see how we do with that. And we're using the word rooted, rooted. And uh, this, this past fall, we did a message series that we called Forward, and how we must always be moving forward in our relationship with God. We talked about that, about our individual lives, and we talked about that as a church family and the body of Christ. And if I can be honest with you, God was really working in my life and in my heart in that series of messages. Like God was showing me things personally in my life that need to be different, things in my life that just are not the way that they should be, and he he was showing me some things in our church some things that we do really well around here, and there are some things that as a church we do extremely well. There's also some things that we aren't doing very well, and there's some holes and some gaps and some things, and God has been showing me some things very specifically and strategically that we need to change, that we need to adjust, uh, that we need to do better in that way, and like as a church, 
We cannot afford to just keep doing things the way that we've always done them because that's just what we do. In fact, I heard someone say the last words of a dying church are, that's how we've always done things. Something has to change. We, we, ha- we must grow. We must change. We must move. We must do more and hear more and read more and know more and love more. We, we must better be the body of Christ. We, we must do this. We must better build the kingdom of God and we must praise him for what he's done and what he's doing and at the same time prepare and pray and ask God for what is coming. Uh, and, and I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm passionate about this. What God wants to do in different people and in different ways at different times, we need God desperately uh, to continue what he started in us and through us. We cannot afford to be shallow We can't afford to be surface-level followers of Christ. We have to grow deeper in our faith and understand that as we individually grow deeper, individually in our relationship with God, we are then strengthened corporately. That makes sense, right? Like if you're on a basketball team and individually the players are now better shooters and stronger and better passers, corporately that changes things for the team. And, and so that is who we are, and it's what we're about. And so we must be rooted in the Bible and rooted in Jesus. And uh, we take that word from a passage of Scripture that's going to kind of serve as the theme verse for the next few weeks. And so I want you to stand with me all over this place. Uh, excitedly stand up right now. Come on. I can't be the only one who's excited right now for this right here. All right. And so this is Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse number 6. We're just going to read two verses together, and then we're going to pray. Uh, And so here's what it says, Colossians 2 verse 6. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Wow, I love that. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's pray. God, we just take a deep breath in this moment. We invite you into this right here, right now. God, we know that you are everywhere all the time, working and moving, but God, there are moments when you show yourself and when you speak and when you, you put thoughts and things in our hearts and our minds and we're just praying for that. Let your word challenge us and move us, encourage those that need that, bring hope to someone who needs hope today. Uh, God, we, we pray that you would really move in our hearts and in this place and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. Okay, I'm going to start by giving you the answer, and it's a question you're not even yet asking, but I'm going to give you the answer. Are you ready? So here we go. It's the bottom line for this entire series of messages as we're using this word rooted, uh, and and it'll be the theme that you're going to hear up at different moments and different times, even throughout the year uh, in different ways. And so write this down if you're taking notes. We must be rooted in Christ and connected to each other. We must be rooted in Christ and connected to each other. Think of it as going down deep and at the same time going out wide. All right? Are you with me? Do you hear that? So going down deep, rooted in Christ and connected to each other out this direction, both down and this way. And when I read 
uh, this passage of scripture this week, I found myself thinking about trees and roots, and, and, and some of the stuff is obvious, uh, and I started reading some things uh, on the internet, and you know everything you find on the internet is true, and so that's what I love about the internet, okay? But uh, it's pretty obvious when you talk about trees that the strength of what's above ground in a tree has everything to do with, hap- with, with what's happening below ground. I mean, you get that, right? That's pretty obvious right there. The root system has everything to do with the strength of a tree. You cannot have a strong, healthy tree above ground if the tree is weak and unhealthy below ground. And and you already know this. All the smart people come to the first service. It's fairly obvious. But what I did learn, and I learned some other things, is that there are all sorts of factors that go into whether a tree actually has a healthy root system. There are all sorts of things. Uh, The location of the tree, the condition of the soil, what sort of vegetation or other plants or trees are are competing with it, how high the winds are in that area, all sorts of things. And the list goes on and on that determine whether a tree will have deep, strong roots, okay? But what we do know is that the right conditions and the right soil and things going perfectly right for a tree results in a tree's roots going down deep going down deeper, and that leads to strength and health up above the ground. And at a surface level, like, I didn't really think too far into this. At a surface level, I was thinking that perfect conditions for a tree actually would mean very low winds. But it's, it's actually the opposite, and you would be wrong if you thought that, because one of the key factors in a root system being strong in a tree is high winds, High winds bring strength, and we're going to unpack that in a few weeks because there's all sorts of implications for us when it comes to that, and I'm excited to get to that right there, all right? Uh, Also, I found that there are some trees that actually interconnect their roots with the trees around them. It was fascinating. The redwood trees out in California, anyone traveled to see those? Like they're the ones that you drive your car through. Uh, if you've been out there and they're 350 feet tall, they, they interconnect roots with each other for strength and to share nutrients, all sorts of implications for that as well. And we're going to get there in another week or two as well. Uh, But we must be rooted in Christ and connected to each other. Now, a few moments ago, we read a passage of scripture. We saw this word uh, rooted, and it's a fairly simple piece of scripture, just a few words, but there's a big picture uh, here that we just can't afford to miss. And so don't fall asleep on me here. Let's Let's go through this here and kind of line by line. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. We'll stop there initially. The author here who's writing this is Paul. Uh, You may have heard the Apostle Paul, that phrase. Uh, And Colossians is a letter that he wrote. Paul writes all these letters and he sends them to all these different churches and individuals. Uh, Colossians is a letter written to Colossae. That's a city. It's a city in modern-day Turkey. Not a very big city. It's an interesting place for him to write a letter. Because you have cities like Ephesus and, and, and Corinth and some of those cities. Rome. Those are big-time places. Uh, Colossae is like this little thing. And it's an interesting place in history. But he writes, he writes this letter to this small group of Christians And it's to these people he writes this. He says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now, my question for us is, why does he need to say that? Like, like, doesn't that seem obvious? 
Doesn't that seem like, yeah, okay? But understand, there's a reason why Paul feels the need to write that phrase. Because clearly, in that city and in that time, there were some of them that were, in a way, having an initial experience where they were declaring Jesus as Lord of their life, and yet it kind of stopped there. And then from there, their life really didn't change. Nothing was happening. They were living the same way that they used to. Now, that, that doesn't at all uh, sound like it's relevant in our culture, though, does it? No, I mean, come on, think about this with me. We, we are filled in America with people who claim that they are followers of Christ, claim to be Christians or whatever else, and yet their life really doesn't reflect it. Would you agree? Where they have this, and, and maybe, maybe in our church, we're, we're not alone in this. There are, there are some people, many of us possibly, who have walked through the doors of even a church like this, and you've said a prayer, uh, and in a way, you're, you're, you're making sure that, that you're, you're in the right place when you die, is kind of the idea. And so we say a prayer, and we go through and do that type of thing, but yet our lives never really go any deeper than that. And so the Apostle Paul right here addresses this issue of like, just as you received Christ as Lord, like continue on in that process. It shouldn't stop there. It shouldn't just be that right there. That We could call that a very surface level spirituality. Would you agree? That is someone who has just made Jesus Lord, but they do not go on from there. That's all that there really is here. A very surface level thing. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Our faith should be getting stronger and stronger as we go deeper and deeper into the things of God. Stronger and stronger. And our faith should also overflow with gratitude. And strength in our faith comes from being rooted and built up in Jesus. Now, I actually love the New Living Translation and the way it's worded. Uh, what we have here is an English translation of the original, and so there are different ways to translate different words. I love this, the way that it was worded in this specific English translation. Let me read this to you. It says, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Wow, I love that. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. Then you will be strong. When, when things are growing down deeper, up above, we are stronger. Think of the tree illustration. You are only as strong on the outside and only as strong in your faith as really how deep things go for you. And if things are very shallow for you, that like, like, man, we desperately need this in our culture. This is, so, this is so huge. There are far too many Christians walking around with shallow root systems, and they look like the, everything in their life is going well. And, and, and in fact, they do okay when everything in their life is going well for them. They do okay, but the reality is like they are one storm away from everything spiritual in their life coming crashing down. 
as something happens in their life, as things get difficult and they say, God, where are you? I don't understand what's going on. How could you let this happen to me? And they have no depth to their relationship with God and it all falls apart. And as a pastor, can I just tell you that I'm sick and tired of having that conversation with people? I'm sick and tired of, 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 of people who used to be in these seats right here who are no longer in these seats because there was no depth to their relationship with God. And as soon as something difficult happened in their life, they're gone. Like, I'm, I'm tired of it. And I have grace. And I, we want to walk people through. But I'm just understanding, if you do not develop any sort of depth in any of this stuff, it's only a matter of time before it's going to fall apart. Because you cannot handle the winds and the waves when they come. Wow, was that too harsh? I'm sorry. Okay, sometimes I get excited and it comes out mean, and I don't mean it that way. Okay, no spiritual roots, surface level, no, and, and we have watched this come and go over and over again. See, a lot of, a lot of people use the word deeper faith. And, and going deeper with God. And, and we have different definitions and ideas of what that means. Some people just mean that someone understands more about the Bible, and that means that they're deeper. Others in certain circles, they use it to talk about like Holy Spirit stuff, and, and, and that means going deeper. But for me, roots that go down deeper simply means that more and more and more of my life becomes about God and for God. Uh, that, that God becomes involved in more of who I am, what I'm about, and what I do. He, he goes into more areas of who I am. Now, let me quickly illustrate this. I need you guys to bring this stuff over. We're going to have some fun here for just a moment. Is that okay? Hurry up, guys. Come on. Wow. Look at <laughs> Put it right there. It's good. All right. Here, I'll take that. So I'm just going to pour this in right here. Wow. See, it's kind of funny how, like, we talk, we talk about the Bible and people start falling asleep, but as soon as I pour water in this, everyone's waking up and watching and saying, what is he going to do? You know that's true, right? I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, this right here, just an illustration of us and everything that we are, and, and in a way, what happens in our culture is people, like, this represents God, and this represents us going deeper into God. And what happens in our culture is that people just kind of, just kind of go a little bit in. And just enough to make them feel like this is helpful, this, just enough to make it feel like I'm doing the good things and I'm doing the right things. Like go, but just understand that going deeper in God is having more of God saturate every part of everything that you do. And he begins to then uh, come into your mind at different points and different times and you're praying more, and more than just when you need things and more than just when you want something from God, but you begin to like, get a real depth and God in a way begins to saturate more and more and more of your life. And so understand, some of us, we just think i got to know more about the Bible and I've got to do that. Like, like as we begin to be more and more saturated with God, then, then we begin to know more about the Bible, understand more about God. We begin to experience the Holy Spirit in different ways that we have never. And all of these things overflow as we go more and more into God. Does, does that make sense? Because he saturates more and more of us. Now, we're going to come back to that in just a minute. That's just like part one of that illustration, and I'm excited about that. But 
Understand, there are all sorts of things, just like in a tree, there are all sorts of things that, that all together add up to a tree's root system going down deeper and being stronger. We talked about some of this, the condition of the soil, and we'll talk about that next week, actually, uh, when it comes to our spiritual lives. Uh, uh, the, the amount of water that the tree gets and, and the area that the tree grows in, all of that seems to go into that other trees and plants competing. And just like there are all sorts of different things that combine to make a tree to determine whether a tree is going to be strong and go down deeper and deeper. There are also just all sorts of things that when it comes to our spiritual life go into this process of us going deeper, which is what makes this a little bit complicated for us to go deeper spiritually. And we're going to talk through different pieces of this and ways that this works together over the next couple weeks. Some of this is quite obvious and you know some of this and others not so much. But for the time that we have left here together, I want to talk about something here that we do as a church family to start every year. And that is a season of what we call prayer and fasting. And I want to explain this a little bit, and I'm going to go quick through this, but understand that the Bible talks a lot about fasting, and in our modern American day churches, we don't talk very much about fasting. But it's all throughout the scripture. And, and so we have different things in different times. It comes up in the Old Testament way before Jesus was ever born and comes uh, on the story. It also comes up in the life of Jesus. It comes up in the teaching of Jesus. It's something that, that Christians overseas rely on way more than we do here, places where it's dangerous to be followers of Christ, okay, different areas and different things, places we've been, I've been amazed at how prayer and fasting just shows up in those places, in people around the world who just have these unbelievably deep relationships with God and who are in horrendous situations, it's amazing how prayer and fasting, how much of that is a part of their life. We read about fasting in Christian history, specifically in the lives of heroes of our faith, people like Billy Graham and Mother Teresa and many others that you wouldn't even know of. Uh, but for the average, everyday American Christian, fasting is just not much of a thing. It's not much of a thing. It's not. And quickly, I just want us to get on the same page because some of us, this is all brand new to you and you've heard this word, but you're like, I don't really get it. Or maybe you've heard of inter intermittent fasting and different things when it comes to health. Okay? And so what is fasting? Let me lay this out from a biblical perspective because from a medical perspective, fasting is just not eating for a period of time. But spiritually uh, and biblically, fasting is the spiritual discipline of setting aside a determined amount of time with the purpose of seeking God. Okay, did you hear that? Just like a spiritual discipline of setting aside a certain amount of time, and you determine that amount of time, uh, and, and it's for a very strategic purpose of seeking God. <clears throat> and that time includes refraining from food or certain foods and certain drink. And, and it includes elevated times of prayer. It includes uh, times of silence. It includes times of reading the Bible in a different way. In the Bible, we have people fasting for three days and we have people fasting for 10 days, fasting for 21 days, fasting for 40 days. Jesus fasted food for 40 days in the wilderness, 
before he started his public ministry. What is his public ministry? There was a transition in Jesus' life where he began to teach and do miracles. And right before all of that happened, he fasted in the wilderness and, uh, in that way. Entire nations in the Bible fasted. The book of Esther, the entire nation of Israel fasted together for a specific season and a specific reason. The book of Joel, Israel fasted together. Fasting is in the Bible again and again. In fact, Jesus, uh, I just went real fast through that stuff, real fast. That's good stuff, right? That's lame, okay? Uh, but, but understand, in the teaching of Jesus, Jesus at one point teaches about fasting, and he starts his teaching by saying these words. He says, when you fast. And Jesus seems to, in his teaching, assume that if you are a follower of Jesus, if, you are, if, you, if God is important to you, that fasting just will be a part of, of what you do at points in your life. He just kind of assumes that. But what happens when we fast? And why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? So let me go, let's go back to the sponge here and let me illustrate this in a way that is going to be helpful. So understand, okay, back to just our simple definition of going deeper with God. Going deeper with God, more and more of God infiltrating more and more areas of our lives. Okay, uh, we are more and more into him and he, okay, uh, and, and different ways and different things. And that shows itself in different things in different ways, okay. But more, we go deeper as God begins to uh, infiltrate more and more of us and have more and more of us. The problem, though, as Americans is that our sponge is already so stinking full of stuff that even when we attempt to go deeper with God, we cannot because we have so many things in our lives already. And we are so distracted and we are so busy and we have all sorts of things all the time. Many of them good things. I'm not even talking about some of it's like family and school and work things that we need, but we go into this whole thing and we're saying, God, I want to go deeper. And God is saying, the stinking top half of your sponge is already full. You, you can't get any more of me because you are already so full of all sorts of other junk. So here's what fasting does. Fasting, we purposefully remove distraction and stuff from our lives for a season and we begin to pray and seek God and fasting in a way cleans out all of this top part and it allows God to move in farther and farther. Are you with me so far? Okay, because you are so full of junk and there's no way around it, you just is. You just is, okay? All right, and sometimes I use bad grammar just for effect. All right? That's good stuff right there. I'm excited. So now let's, let's get into this here. There isn't any room. And so when we fast, we purposefully set aside time to empty ourselves of stuff, distractions, all the things, and we purposefully make room for God in ways, in times, in places that we usually do not. And when we strategically empty uh, ourselves of the junk, the distractions, we make room for God and we often have moments of life change and moments where our roots go down deeper uh, as God puts something specific in our mind and we say, wow, 
Okay, and then we say God speaks to us in that way. God shows us something specific in the Bible, uh, and it jumps off of the page, something that we've read a hundred times, and then all of a sudden, you remove all this stuff from your life, and now you read this, and you say, wow, where has that been? And God gives wisdom or direction in some area that we're trying to navigate. Uh, okay, and sometimes none of that stuff happens, but we're just left with, God, you are so good, and my life is way too filled up, and I need to make better room for him. So we empty ourselves of all the junk, and we purposely seek God for a season. So practically, what does this look like? You're like emptying myself of the junk. What does that even mean? I do not know, okay? And so practically, what does this look like? And we're going to get to the food part in a minute, okay? Uh, And so for a determined amount of time, We purposely remove distractions and we replace with focus on God. So what sort of distractions and how do we strategically focus on God? We purposely remove distractions. What are the distractions? Go ahead and put that up here for me. Okay? And so we're just going to turn white here. Oh, that was great. Okay? We remove things like screens, phones, as much as we can, Social media, news, the wrong kinds of books, wrong kinds of music, avoidable toxic conversations, and for a set amount of time, and for us as a church family, we've kind of established that as we're doing seven days, okay? Though you can do whatever you want, this is is like, this is about you and God, and then it comes together with, with us corporately. We remove things like screens. And so for me this week, like, I'm not, I won't, like, TV will not be a part of my life. No streaming shows, no watching movies. Remove my phone the best way that I can. We put our uh, phone in a specific place and check it at certain times for specific reasons. And whatever you can do with work and family, okay, just understand. Uh, You just don't want to default into grabbing your phone and just doing it without even thinking about it. Does anyone have that problem? Okay, you sit there and it just happens. It's a distraction. We get off social media. I can't tell you what a beautiful and horrendous thing social media is. We get off Facebook and Instagram and TikTok or I don't know what else they even are. I'm, I'm not, I'm out of date and getting old and all that, okay? Uh, but wait, but how are my followers going to know that I'm reading the Bible if I don't upload a picture of it? I'm glad you asked, okay? <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know, okay? You take, you take a break from even the news, and you take a break from the wrong kinds of books, and I don't even mean like bad books, and wrong kinds of music. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't even mean that music has cuss words and stuff in it. But basically anything that is not Jesus-centered. Don't even read it or listen to it for this, for this time period. You, avoid, you remove all avoidable toxic conversations. What does that even mean? Uh, there are situations in your life uh, that you know are toxic before you even walk into those. And some of those are unavoidable. And I understand all of that. Uh, but many of them can be avoided even for a period of time. You remove all that kinds of stuff from your life for a strategic, set-apart period of time, and you replace it with focus on God. You replace it with prayer. You replace it with extra Bible reading. 
you replace it with reading God-focused, Jesus-centered books. You listen to the right kind of podcasts and sermons and music, not just positive, uplifting things. That's not what this is. I'm talking about Jesus-focused, Jesus-centered stuff. There's a difference. And you set aside time during your day, even for silence and solitude. And some of you are like, I don't know how in the world I'm going to find time to do any of this. That's the problem. Our lives are so full that we cannot go deep. We stay shallow because our lives are so filled with so much stuff. And we find time for silence and we just sit and we be with God without saying anything, without asking for anything. We just learn to be silent and you have strategic conversations. We're looking for Jesus-centered, God-focused conversations. We are emptying ourselves from distractions and purposely replacing it with God. We're emptying ourselves so that we can be filled. So that God, there's room for God. Like think of that sponge in that way. Okay, you can have specific prayer requests and specific things that you're crying out for. That's biblical. Someone in your life has cancer. You fast and you pray. You remove everything and you focus and you pray. Okay, or it can just be a time of emptying yourself and allowing God to work. And for some of us, this seems impossible. But understand, this isn't like a rigid, all or nothing, pass or fail type of thing. This is a personal strategic plan that you put together, that you make decisions on, that you decide what this looks like for you. It looks different for different people. We have different schedules and different places. And our, you know, some of us are like, how can I do no screens? I'm a student and I need my computer. Come on, understand what I'm saying here. I get you, okay? We're all in, we're all in whatever. We, we figure this out. But, but, here we go. Listen, fasting in the Bible 100% of the time has to do with food as well. 100% of the time it has to do with food. And so alongside of purposely removing distractions and replacing them with the focus on God, we choose to be physically impacted as well through food. We, you do that by completely skipping meals you do, and spending time in prayer. You take entire days and you only drink water, no food, no coffee, if you can handle that. Some of you will go nuts, okay? No sugar. When we, when we physically hunger, we are reminded for our hunger of God and for God. And we are reminded that it is he who sustains us. It is he who holds our hands. It is he who puts breath in our life and breath in our bodies. And we're reminded that in our weakness, he is strong. Okay, some of us have the ability and the freedom to do multiple days in a row, even with no food. Uh, like, it, it, it won't kill you. Okay, they're, they're like, you, you could do seven days and not have a, 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 a massive physical issue in your life. It would, it would be one of the most difficult things you've ever done in your life. But, but medically, you're fine. All right, you got enough to carry you. As Americans. All right. Uh, but we do that. We, we focus on prayer. We focus on the scripture. We for, focus on silence. We focus on rest. You get it. But again and again, some of us are, are going to struggle even with these types of ideas more than others because of our church backgrounds. And just understand that none of this should be guilt-driven. This isn't guilt-driven. And, and, and every time we do this, I've got somebody that like, like their whole world, they, they feel so awful because they failed 
they, they, they wanted to do this and they weren't able to do it in the way that they were hoping. And they, like, just, like, understand that this isn't, God isn't up there, like, disappointed in you that you couldn't do it or didn't do whatever. Like, that's not what this is. This is just us loving God and saying, God, you matter. You matter to me. And what we're doing is we're doing our part to take a step in God's direction. And we're going to talk about that next week. As we move in God's direction, as we practically do things to move towards him, we then scripturally see God respond and move towards us. God doesn't force himself on you in any way. He doesn't force himself. But as we move towards him and as we invite him, then he, in a way, green lights to show up, show up in our life in a beautiful way. Okay, so we do that. We take a step in God's direction by removing physical distractions, focusing on God, feeling physical hunger, and spending time in prayer. Wow, turn to your neighbor and say, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Please stand with me all over this place. Music team, will you please come? So this week, this week, as a church family, in a way, we are calling a fast. But it's for you to decide. Like, you don't, don't, don't feel guilty about anything. This is between, it's really between you and God. We're in different places and different seasons and different things, have different situations, every, every single one of us. So we understand that. And, and that don't, don't hear us in the wrong way. We do this on our own, making our own decisions on what this looks like for us in a way. And when you walked in today, you got this piece of paper. And this, we, we're not going to collect this. We don't, we don't need this from you. Again, it's really about you and God. This is just something to help because it's always an important, helpful thing to just make a plan and just decide what is it that I'm cutting out of my life for this week? I'm going to purposefully stop this social media, using my phone, except for certain things. Okay, I get it. Uh, watching this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut out reading these types of things or watching the news. And the list just goes on and on. All those things on that list, that's where I'm doing, all of them, right? And, and, and now we're, I'm gonna replace that with these. I'm gonna be strategic about this type of stuff. We're making a plan. And then you wanna make a plan for how are you gonna handle the eating thing? And for some of us, you know, if you've never done this before, a start would be to skip a meal, skip a lunchtime. And instead of eating lunch at work or whatever else, you take that half hour, you take that hour, and you purposely spend time with God. You pray, you listen to something, you read the Bible, okay? You take that time that you were going to eat, and now all of a sudden, after lunch, you start feeling the hunger, and you're reminded. And every time you feel that hunger, and you may be standing at a machine in your job or whatever else, and now you're like, ah, I'm hungry. Oh yeah, God, I'm hungry for you. Let this be a reminder to me of who you are and what you have done and that I wanna go deeper with you and you use that hunger. For some of us, for some of us, this is an entire day. For some of this, this is an entire multiple days, okay? But you set the rules for yourself of what you want this to look like. What is it that you're allowed to eat and what is it that you're not allowed to eat? If you're pregnant, like be smart, okay? If you, if you got health issues, we get it. All right, but we, what we want to do is we want to physically be impacted as well, and that is a part of fasting. And so this right here is just for you. 
on this thing as well. There's like a thing you can scan or a website you can go to that we've created that has all sorts of articles and way more in depth. You can scripturally see fasting and how it's laid out in the Bible in different ways. And this right here will really help you if you want some more information about that. Wow, take a deep breath. There we go. Uh, Before we go, I, I just do want us to sing together and respond in a way uh, just to what God is doing and what God is showing us. My prayer is that our roots would go down deep individually into Jesus and that we would be stronger, that our faith would be built up and that when wind and rain and storms come in your life, you are now rooted in Christ in a way that, act, that it actually drives you deeper. Because that's what happens with a tree. As more wind comes, the tree says, I've got to respond or I'm in trouble. And the roots go down deeper. That's the goal. That's what we're after. And then corporately, as we all individually go deeper, we corporately are able to move and breathe and be the body of Christ in a completely different way. God, we worship you today. We thank you. We are grateful for all you are and all you have done. And God, I pray that we would respond even this week at the beginning of the year just by prioritizing you, by setting setting apart time strategically to seek you, to read, to get into your word, to listen to the right stuff, to have the right conversations, to spend time in prayer. God, I pray that as we take time strategically to not eat or to change our diet in some way, God, that as we feel that physically begin to impact our body, that we would be reminded again and again of our hunger for you and our desperation to go deeper in you. So, Lord, we are grateful. God, I pray for someone in this place today who maybe has never truly responded to your message message of hope and forgiveness, the message that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. God, I pray that if someone in this place, God, has never truly grasped that and never truly made that decision for themselves, that this moment right here would be their moment. In fact, if you are here today and you have never responded to the message of Jesus and you want to do that today, you can just respond right now just by praying to God saying, God, forgive me of my sins. God, help me. God, I believe in you and what you've done. Change my life. And as you begin to pray things like that, you will, you will feel the Holy Spirit come and move on you and do, and do what he does. It's bring forgiveness and change. And it's the beginning. It's the beginning of this beautiful life that God has promised and that God has for us. So God, we just pray all that we are. God, that we pray that we would go deeper. We pray that things would be different. God, challenge us and change us and move us. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. May this week be something significant for you as you set aside time, as you you strategically do this in that way. And then we gather together next week, Sunday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. So thanks for coming today. Love you guys. See you next week.